Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here at Parkview Christian Church, and I'm really glad that you've joined us for another episode of Parkview on the Spot. I am with a good buddy of mine, Nathan, and uh, together we've been running this podcast as a way to kind of talk with people about how they connect their faith with their life. Uh, And today is no different, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, Today we're interviewing Pastor Todd Clark, but he's not just a pastor, he's an entrepreneur and father and baseball card collector baseball card collector all that kind of fun stuff um but he actually comes in and speaks at parkview um how many times a year chad 10 12 times a year we love him not enough yeah not enough but we're doing something (laughs) different today um we actually are hopping in on the middle of a conversation we were having with him because what he was talking about was the brand new ink he has on his arm (laughs) and we could not let that pass without you getting to hear it so enjoy the interview with todd You know, uh, the story behind the tattoo is this is our 30th wedding anniversary year, and we were supposed to be uh, in Greece. We'd scheduled a cruise to go spend um, five days in Venice and then go on a seven-day cruise around Greece and then three more days in Venice, so like two weeks of away time in August, September. And so we didn't get to do that. So we were just sitting at a, we got away for just a couple of days at the local hotel and we were sitting out by the pool, you know, over those days, just eight miles from our house in Newport thinking, what do we do? And started looking at tattoos and we've been thinking about it for a while. And we went and visited a girl who's pretty famous around here and made an appointment for like two months later, you know, when she was open. Right. And I just decided, okay, we can't go do that. We're going to do something. And, and, uh, you know, so there, there's some significance to them and just what they are and the waves and some, some significance for me that I could go into even with uh, some different things. But the most important yeah, well, thing is what we did together. Yeah, that's cool. Why don't, why don't you do it? Um, I'll go ahead and say hi to everybody who's, uh, who's tuning in. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, you just kind of jumped into the middle of a conversation with, with Todd Clark. Uh, <laughs> I he, we already said hello. Well, we, I, we didn't say hello yet. You know, I know we can kind of splice this later. Um, but we are, we are Zooming with Todd in Huntington Beach, California. And uh, I'm joined by my friend Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey, man. Yeah, we, for clarity, we are not in California. No. Todd is in California. Todd? Todd. You say Todd or Todd? I, I'm pretty sure I said Todd. <laughs> and, and I wish you guys could see this. Uh, Todd has some new work on his arm um ink. ink not work ink permanent ink permanent ink and, and it looks cool he was just talking about it tell him yeah. describe it to everybody uh you know it it is uh I, I mentioned in that message hey i'm gonna do this i'm telling you and of course plenty of people said don't do it and then plenty of parky people said you know if you don't do it you're you know we're disowning you. We're disowning you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, Renee and I, 30th year anniversary this summer, we were supposed to be on a cruise. We'd booked like a year ago to go spend five days in Venice and then go seven days through the Greek islands and then three or four more days in Venice, so like two weeks away. Obviously, all of that got canceled. And uh, so we we're trying to figure out what to do for our 30th because evidently the 30th is a big one. I, I mean, it's, you need to celebrate. Uh, and, and I, anyway, so anyway, I, I love doing that. And, 
Um, so that's we're a sitting little, that's cool. a free, that's a free tip for everybody. The free tip is when you hit 30 years, don't forget that one. <laughs> that's a big one. Mm. And I think, you know, how some are gold and some are silver and some are, um, the 30th is evidently ink. It's tattoo. Uh, out here. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. That was That's pretty great. good. It's great. Um, Write uh, that so down. anyway, we, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, we were sitting by the pool trying to think of what to do to celebrate. And we'd both been thinking about this and, you know, just stuff we wanted to, to do. So Renee got a big, huge, beautiful tattoo on her right arm of some different flowers and stuff, kind of a floral look, some really awesome. muted out colors. Amazing. And then I got a big picture of a wave uh, that I had uh, resembled some wave shots that I had taken and one of my favorite artists, Heather Brown. And it also, I, I had a really crazy experience in the Holy Land a few years ago. Uh, I won't, it's no way to tell time to tell the whole story, but when I was in the Holy Land, God woke me up like four or five nights in a row at 3 a.m. on the dot. And, you know, when you're on a trip in the Holy Land, the days are full. You know, they're 12-hour yeah, 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 yeah. days. Right. And you want your sleep. And no kidding, on the dot, without an alarm set, God woke me up at 3 a.m. Wow. Like, and I couldn't go back to sleep for like four days. No kidding. I've never had that happen just like this. On the fourth day, I finally got up and just got my Bible and went outside, like 3 a.m. And we were on the Sea of Galilee. And... uh obviously only me out there. And, and I just had this moment where God was just as clear as he could, as I thought back through the waves, the storm, what Jesus does in our lives. And I just felt this sense of God saying to me, Todd, I'm still with you. Beautiful. I'm still with you. And because we'd had some transition in our lives right around that season. And I don't know that I was actually wondering that out loud, but when I felt that feeling of Todd, I'm still with you. It was just so validating to some of the steps we were taking kingdom wise that not everybody or us even completely understood. And so some of this goes back to that, Hey, he can calm those waves and calm that storm and stuff too. So, and not that everything has to have a meaning like that. You're so um, deep. You are so deep. No, but this, the main reason is Renee and I wanted to do it together to celebrate and just show our uh, individuality. I would love to drill down on that, but I, I, why Venus? Like, why why go there? Why go to where Venus? Yeah, Venus, Venice. Venice. Oh, Venice. Did I say Venus? Venice. 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 Women are women are oh, from Mars. Is, where are you I, going with this? I wish we could. We would yes, probably baby. be COVID free and on Venus. Um, <laughs> you know, they have the best uh, tourism Venice, on baby. Venus. Um, oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, Venice, why Venice, man, we've, had, Venice, man. we've never been there. We've never been to Paris. We've never been to Europe. We've never been to Venice. And I've had so many people say, Hey, if you're going, go to Venice, get an Airbnb, yeah, you know, do the canals, be a local, stay long enough to really see some of the stuff. So that's why we, we don't have any huge, we just have been recommended by so many people. Yeah. And it was between Venice and Venus, and Venice was easier. <laughs> well, I recommend Venus, okay? There yeah, yeah. <laughs> easier, easier to get a ticket to, it was to Venice. Easier to book. Yeah. Honestly, great it was tattoo artists there. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Definitely that. But, <laughs> you know, we do, we're, we're praying about Venus uh, at, our, at our 40th, so. 
I also find it, find it really enjoyable when people actually interact with you here in Chicago and they're like, you're not from here. Right. <laughs> you don't sound like yeah. you're from Chicago. Yeah. So are I don't you sound like that. Like, no, that, at least that's what people say. Yeah. yeah they, I, I think that they, yeah, they feel that way. And I, I know I don't, here's what I do. I pick up whatever accent of where I'm at. So if I'm there for more than two or three days, I start picking it up. Um, and so I try to pick up some of the Chicago people, but yeah. It's probably about the time I'm heading out on Sunday afternoon that I'm picking up uh, their accents. Um, I, I have a mix of Midwest where I grew up, depending. There's a lot of Kansas in me, a lot of Midwest. Uh, you grew Kentucky. up in Kansas? I grew up in Kansas till 18. Yeah. So I, I can easily revert back to Midwest, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, not Texas kind of thing. Uh, but then I, I guess there's probably some of the word choice that I have or some of the vocabulary that is more from the West. You know, we've been out here in California the last 15, 18 years, 20, 20 years, something yeah. like that. Uh, in, in you have fond memories from Kansas? You know, uh, it was a great place to be from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved, I was there until I was 18. I love, you know, I, it was a great place to grow up, man. It was yeah. a great place to grow up. Great friends, great, you know, last part of that generation that could just play outside until mm. the streetlight came on and didn't have to worry about anything. Really safe, knew, knew most people. It, it was a great way to grow up. I have no complaints. Pre, Pre-COVID. Yeah, it was all pre-COVID back then, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard you talk about, talk about your dad a lot. Um, yeah. and kind of his influence on your life. Uh, can you, can you talk about him a little bit and maybe just kind of share how he's influenced you now? Yeah. Yeah. My dad, uh, my mom and dad live in, uh, uh, Phoenix now. Okay. Uh, they live in Peoria area of uh, Phoenix, which is right around that greater metroplex of Phoenix. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, growing up, I always thought, like when I was pretty little, I always thought my dad worked for the church mm-hmm. growing up because we were always at church, uh, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were always at church in Kansas City, um, but he never did work for the church. We were just there a lot. Uh, he just had a love, love for the local church. And, and I definitely got that from him, um, just that love and respect for the local church. And I watched he and my mom you know, not always be okay with everything at the church, maybe not always perfectly agree with everything that was going on, whether it be uh, the senior leadership or something that was going on in the student ministry, you know, that I was a student in, Sure. but they were always supportive. You know, I never had that, Hey, you know, our youth pastor did this. And so now we're all pulling out and um, you know, and I understand, Hey, there's reasons for, you know, having disagreements for sure. But I always just watched my parents be so, supportive and loving toward the local church and toward pastors, ministers is what we called them, uh, who had a really hard job. And so I definitely learned that from him. Hmm. Uh, and, and then as I stepped into that, uh, kind of my, my love for it. Um, so I, I got that from him, you know, I got from him, uh, you know, how to love and be committed, you know, yeah. to my wife, you know, through the yeah, year. Yeah. 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 Talk- Talk about, talk about the, uh, I remember you mentioning like a bookshop he opened up in. Yeah. In you know, my, my entrepreneurial spirit and I have a super, super high risk tolerance, way higher than most. <laughs> I, I will, re- I have a, 
arguably uh, too high of a risk tolerance at times for certain things. And a lot of that comes from my dad. It, it, hopefully a lot of it's calculated and hopefully a lot of it is actually termed as faith, not risk. But that being said, I get that from my dad, who is incredibly entrepreneurial. One of my first memories about growing up and my dad uh, was probably right around kindergarten, either preschool or kindergarten. So, you know, five, six, seven years old. Mm. And I mean, that's pretty early memory. You know, you think yeah. back to what your first memory is. Yeah. That's pretty stinking early. Um, and he started a Christian bookstore in our basement. This is Amazing. like 1970, 1971, or 1973, four, five, somewhere in there. I'm a child of the 60s, so uh, 69. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> barely. I'm always telling Renee that. I'm like, man, it was so good in the 60s, man. The 60s were so good to me. She's like, shut up. Anyway. Anyway, so he opened a Christian bookstore in our basement. Because, you know, you couldn't go... Obviously, there's no online, there's no Amazon or anything, um, but you couldn't even go. There was no Christian bookstore. There, there, that didn't exist in a strip mall somewhere. And so he bought a bunch of Bibles and Thomas Kincaid paintings or whatever and book covers and bookmarks, and lots of bookmarks, bookmarks, all that kind of, you know, Jesus stuff. And uh, <laughs> I can literally remember eating dinner and having people come knock at our door. My dad would take him, stand up from dinner, take him downstairs They'd buy a Bible or something like that, and then they'd leave. And I wouldn't even know them, um, but it was right out of our basement. And then he ended up opening one up in a strip mall, growing it, selling it. Uh, he opened up uh, several office supply stores before the big boxes like Office Depot and amazing schools and things like that. So just on and on. I could go on and on with different things like that. And he helped me do that as well. My first thing I opened up with him, I, I opened up, I talked about baseball cards a few weeks ago in my sermon. I opened up a baseball card shop in our garage when I was in the third grade. Awesome. And it was open on Saturdays called the card shack. And my dad helped me buy all the boxes and wax packs and everything. And all the kids from all over the neighborhood would come and I would make, you know, probably five or $10 a Saturday as a third grader with the card shack. And that's, that's one of my first memories is opening my own little card store in our garage when I was in second, third, fourth grade. Amazing. <laughs> Pretty crazy. I was that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good way to grow up. <laughs> well, so, so on that line then, so what, what other kind of things have you started like entrepreneurially for those people who don't really know your story very well? Yeah. Well, our newest development on Venus is one of the big things. <laughs> <we're doing. laughs> it's a, uh, it's a master plan community. It's, 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 uh, it's a few decades away, but it's, I think nice. it's going to be big. Nice. I do too. Uh, I'll be there. But uh, <laughs> you, you and Elon, <laughs> Elon and I are working on some uh, intergalactic uh, things once great, we. Great, great. So, you're just going uh, to have to have the chip in your brain first, just so you know. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so some of the other things, uh, yeah, sports cards all the way through up to college, had a store for that in college. When Wait, I so you kept that store going? Not that store, but in college at Kansas State University. I yeah. had a store while I was in college. I rented out a store while I was in college, I rented out a storefront and did that in college as well. Yeah. What, um, dec what decade was that, Todd? That was the 90s. Uh, 90s? Oh, that's the heyday. Yeah, it was the a heyday. heyday. It was huge. Yeah, it man. Huge. That's how I helped put myself through college. And I mentioned I paid for Renee and I's, well, not paid for, but a 20% down payment on Renee and I's first house. 
when I was a youth pastor, I wrote several books and started a company called Youth Ministry Stuff Limited. And I wrote three different books as a youth pastor. And then I, I did a lot with youth specialties uh, around the country with YS. And I, uh, I wrote uh, three books that were published, but then I had all kinds of other just fun things I would sell to youth pastors. Yeah. Um, water balloon launchers, all that kind of, you know, <laughs> stuff that I, I was, I was a wholesaler for, you know, those big, huge water balloon launchers that you use on boats and stuff. Yeah. I'm a wholesaler for them. I was selling so many. That's amazing. Um, so I, <laughs> I just, yeah, you know, the list, the list could go, the list could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. And then the photography stuff is mainly what I do now with that and the eat art. And, uh, it's a nonprofit that sells photography and then sends meals to kids. So you got anything that you'd want to sell right now that you're not selling? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, I don't like, know. like photography or anything? I don't know. I've done, like, cars. I've done cars too. And I was a youth pastor. I sold, uh, in a two year period, I sold about 47 cars just out of our driveway. My what? wife left 47 cars in a two year period. That's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. I did. I sold four, like I think it's 46 or 47 cars. Twin Renee was teaching school in Indianapolis and she was in a different car every week. And people thought, you know, she was, Married to the mob. Drug lord or something, yeah. 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 Elon. Yeah, yeah Elon. <laughs> Shout out to Elon twice Shout already. Elon. <laughs> hey, when you're, um, when you're a Christian and you're an entrepreneur and you're, you know, starting businesses or even if you're, like, whatever you're doing, I feel like it changes how you approach things. So, like, yeah. when it comes to your creativity, uh, your photography, your, um, you know, your entrepreneurial kind of ventures, how has your faith influenced your approach to those things? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I don't begrudge anybody who's just an entrepreneur for the sake of, you know, creating income, essentially. Yeah. But to me, that's never the first thing. My, mine has to have a benevolent cause to it or a kingdom cause to it. I just, or it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Explain so, that. What, what does that mean, Todd? Well, the, the, the energy that goes into it has to be going towards something that's more eternal than temporary. Hmm. And any, any money, any resources that are made from it need to have uh, some sort of a kingdom cause to it, going and supporting something with that. Um, and, and again, I, I don't say I, I could maybe at some point in my life be swayed to something that, or, or not be swayed, but, but um, a partner or somebody in something that's not that, but up to this point in my life, I've had no desire to do anything that isn't specifically attached to kingdom advancement, you know? And uh, so the youth ministry stuff, limited company obviously had a very clear uh, outlet of serving youth pastors and students. And even though I made an income from it, uh, it was very clearly that. And then eat art, you know, we've, we've sent meals to over 500,000 kids through photography. And I, I wouldn't have any desire. In fact, the way eat art started is I had people starting to want to buy my prints because I was starting to put them on Facebook or something like that. Hey, I'd love to buy that from you. And this was at Thanksgiving, like eight years ago. And I was like, man, that's weird. I have a job, you know, I have a good income from what the church does and um, the church supports me for what I do. So I don't need somebody to pay me $39 for this. I'll just give it to them. And then I started seeing more people wanted it. So I said, well, what if they did pay me? But then what if we took those resources and gave them to kids? Because I don't need it. But what if, so I, I love, I love, I love, I love the art of the deal. I love the art of the deal. Um, mm. And I, I love 
making and giving away that money way more than, than do, I love. Do you remember when that, when that first became reality for you? Like when you, when you realized for maybe the first time that having a, a kingdom mindset was going to be the way you wanted to go? Yeah, I think it was back in, in high school and college, you know, um, and, and it was, it was already in me from my dad, but I also had a very pivotal, uh, conversation from my youth pastor in high school that basically called me out and said, look, Todd, you'll be able to do a whole lot of things in life. You, you could make, build a business or make a lot of money or play sports, you know, um, or you could use these best energies you have to advance kingdom things. And I remember where we were standing. I remember we were by, by a big bell that rang for dinner at the camp in Missouri. <laughs> I remember the color of the bell. It was red and with blue paint chipping off. I remember everyone else was already in eating dinner. And I remember him saying these things to me and challenging me to use my energy and giftedness for kingdom things, um, not just my own gain. I, that's very, very clear to me. And Do you remember so, what you were thinking or feeling when that, at that moment? Do you remember any of that? I was wrestling with how I was going to spend my life as a yeah. senior in high school. You know, you're at yeah. camp. Are you going to commit your life to ministry? Are you going to go to the state school? Are you going to, and you know, all this is good, right? I mean, you kingdom, you can be live for the kingdom, whether you're for crying out loud, you don't have to be working in a church. Right. right. I mean, right. but I personally was wrestling with that. Yes. Because my dad didn't. I didn't grow up with that. It wasn't just like, oh, Todd will be a pastor. You know, um, my dad wasn't a pastor. He was a businessman. Mm. So this was a new path. That's good, man. And I, and I appreciate you. Um, yeah. Letting us get to know you a little bit better. I think this is good for people. Um, and I, I think another place where uh, faith can play a significant role is kind of in the midst of like big life transitions. You, you started off by talking about the wave you got tattooed on your arm and um, your experience over, over these last like five years or so as these big transitions were happening in your life, uh, which is why I'm glad you're here talking to us. And um, it's, hard, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to let faith influence us in transition and when life just kind of feels out of control. You know, and then we're, we're headed into Christmas and, you know, we're supposed to like make gingerbread houses with our kids and, and buy, you know, nice jewelry for our wife. But um, it just feels a little bit hard uh, to find some of that old cheer that we used to have, right? And to find some yeah. of that joy. Um, so I'm just going to ask you to be a little vulnerable uh, with us for a minute, if that's cool. Um, over these past five years, since I've known you, you've gone through some pretty big life events. Your kids graduated high school. Uh, you became empty nesters. Your your daughter graduated from college and got married. Your son went to college, and I, I can see you like breaking out in hives as I'm uh, as I'm listing all that stuff. Right, right? itching, uh, itching, breaking out in hives. Yeah, you're itching, and 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 I'm sure there's all sorts of other stuff that I don't even know about. Um, so here's my question. I'll stop talking. Um, how did Todd Clark find joy in the midst of those challenging life events? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's a good question. You know, and I wish, you know, I could say that there's just three, you know, little happy hops and then you'll have joy and it doesn't, that's all you have to do is just do these three things. And, but I think it's so different for everybody because we all bring our different temperament, right? We all have a different temperament that allows us to experience joy or not. And, you know, just even our, the, the literally 
what I'm learning more and more is the chemical makeup of our bodies and how we respond to things is different, you know? And um, so it's hard, but for me, you know, through my daughter, you know, graduating, my son graduating, my daughter getting married and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot, man. It is, it's absolutely been a lot. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been hard season um, because Renee and I have built so much of our lives around our kiddos, you know, and um, you know, to, and then when they're, quote unquote, gone, we all know they still need us, right? And all that kind of stuff. But when they're not there as much, there does become this void, you know, what am I doing? Have I done? And for Renee, it's like, what do I do now? You know, because she spent a lot of her life with that. And for me, it's like, did I do enough? Did I plant enough seeds in them? Did I do all I could, right? And man, it just can torment you with looking back, you know, um, I should have, taking advantage of that or crap, you know, I could have been hanging out with my son and I was doing other dumb stuff, you know, and just, and, and I should have been hanging with my son or building into my daughter. And man, those kinds of moments will just eat you up and rob joy. Uh, I, I think you have to just really reinstitute your trust in God that, that um, he's going to be able to take what you have done and what you have built and grow that into the future. And, and that is a day by day thing. That is a day by day thing. And God has me more than ever realizing that I have a part to play in my kid's life and development for sure. But, but God has, I mean, God can take and arrange things inside of them, you know, that I can't. And so I just got, I got to trust him on that. And, you know, as far as the joy goes, Nathan, I mean, that's a choice. And we hear that all the time, but it just, it has to be a choice for me. I literally, in some of those times, if I don't get up and spend some time with God in the morning, I'm not always reading two or three chapters of the Bible. Sometimes I'm just being quiet and um, listening to some music, whatever my favorite music is at that point, some sort of worship or even just quiet uh, instrumental type music. Then if I don't, if I don't choose to do that and start my day off in that direction, I can get, I, I can lose perspective and joy really quick. And, and you guys have heard me talk before about that thin space. Yeah. Um, to me, you got to find that thin space. You got to find that place where the distance between you and God shrinks. Hmm. Um, that's how you, that's how you recapture and keep joy. You got to have that place, whether it's your closet or your car or your office for me, it's my garage right now that I've got set up as an office. This is my thin space, man. And God meets me here. Um, and that helps me, you know, continue to, to reclaim that, I think. And, you know, so I, I could go on. I mean, I also keep yeah. a little notebook. Um, I'll show it to you. I know nobody can see it, but it's okay. Keep a journal and stuff down here, you know, for just big things. But I also keep a little notebook that is uh, – things that I'm happy and joyful about. I started doing this last Thanksgiving. Hmm. So I'm about at a year. Yeah, so man. last Thanksgiving. And uh, because I just realized I needed, um, excuse. Yeah, it's good. And I just, it's a little tiny book. You know, this is only about five inches high. And so I just have page after page and I've got them numbered. of just little things that I'm 
happy about, joyful about, and blessed by. And, and this is a, something I do every day. Like right now on today, I'm on number 737. <laughs> That's incredible. 737 things. Hmm. And, and it, it does two things to keep my joy. It keeps me focused in the moment when I get up in the morning, not just thinking of all the crappy things or things I wish I would have done or how I was more, you know, this or that. It keeps me focused on what I'm thankful and blessed by. And then I'm telling you, there's so many days where it is rough. And what I can do is I can just, you know, pull back open, you know, number 431. Ah, man, that was when God was doing that, you know, and go back to that. I can just read back and read through a few of them. Oh man, there was lunch with Ruby. Mm -hmm. Oh man. There, there was resources to give a homeless guy at the beach. So one is lunch with Ruby. The next one is resources to give a homeless guy at the beach. You know, it it just keeps me going. Oh yeah. He's, he's faithful. Why, why, why would I not choose joy in this? And I'm so many of us, we have hard times, but it's such a choice to make because You know, it's, the irony is you can be one of the most blessed people with where we live and our families and things like that, and yet feel stressed and not joyful. And I think the evil one just just wins, man. He just keeps us feeling stressed and, you know, not full of joy when we actually, if we would just take inventory of who and where we are, it would be a different focus maybe i don't know can we talk about that thin space for a minute yeah um you know i i i see countless times in the scriptures where um you know god's people get very frustrated with life get very irritated with life and their their reaction is to question god to say why 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 right and i wonder just in what you just shared with me have you found that in your thin space with god that you've asked less questions because you've spent more time just thanking him? Well, that's a good question. Let me think about it. I guess I'm just wondering if maybe over a course of a year that you've spent with your, with God, just trying to, you know, be disciplined and being grateful. Have you found yourself being less like why God and more thank you, God, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's def. I think that's accurate, Chad. Um, I don't know if I would say um, it's it's probably more not why God. It's just trust God. It's like I, I no. see what you've done. I I'm just, I'm just gonna trust. You know, um, I I realize when you start stacking those things up in just a little tiny journal like that that you see that God has a perfect track record or track record of faithfulness. You know, yeah, right? Um, and He's not gonna blow it on me. He's not gonna blow it on me. You know. Um, but yeah, it does. When you get close to him like that, it, it does just what I think he intends for it to do. And that is make us lean into him and, you know, trust him. And Well, because the transitions never go away, right? The, the challenges never disappear. Right, right. I mean, that's never going to change. No. You know, and, and as, as we're going into Christmas, I mean, we're going into Christmas and we're, we're going into, we're still in COVID. <laughs> like, yeah. How, how, how are we going to find joy this Christmas? I mean, how, right. how is Todd going to do that? Right. I mean, you've kind of already articulated it out. Literally, for me, 
literally for me, when you can't keep non-joyful things or whatever from coming into your mind, but you can learn how to vanquish them quicker. You can't keep them from coming in your mind, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But you can take control of your mind, like mm-hmm. Scripture talks about, like Romans talks about, and you can vanquish them quicker. So yeah. I can't help but think, you know, un- things about stress or, anxiety or things that aren't joyful. But I can learn, uh, you know, to go back to this little red journal I just showed you or, or take inventory of, you know, where my kids are at or my marriage and that sort of thing. And, and even, frankly, if people are listening to this, and their marriage is on the rocks, or they've had COVID or whatever, there are still things in their lives, in your lives, that you can go back to and find grace and peace in and vanquish, you know, uh, those things quicker. Just, I think when we meditate on, you know, and to meditate means to just bring over, you know what meditation is? It's, it's like worry. Worry and meditation are the same thing. Worry is just a negative form of meditation. Mm. Worry is just bringing to mind over and over and over the same thing and worrying on it. Meditation is the same thing. It's bringing those to mind, but it's continually surrendering to God or, or putting things in there. Yeah, that's true, but I also know that God has a perfect track record. Yeah, that's true, but I also have food to eat this Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's true, but I also have the health to look for a new job, even though I just lost my job. And, and you, can, you can meditate on those good things, which is exactly the same as worry, but it has a positive effect. I love that, man. Yeah, that's yes. so good. Love yeah, it. A love lot it. of people say, well, I don't know how to meditate and this and that. We, yes, you do. You already do it. <laughs> you already do it. You worry all the time. Yeah. So you know how to meditate. You're just, yeah. you're just experiencing and allowing a negative effect of that, you know, to, to, to take over, you know, your, your life. Yeah. Just such good stuff to think about as we head toward Christmas, man. And uh, maybe next time we'll see you, uh, you'll have a full sleeve. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be back there in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be back there at Christmas time in the, in that series that, uh, I don't know, man, it's painful. It's painful. I was eight hours to do this tattoo and it's, it's like somebody's pinching you continuously for eight hours. Like stop, 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 stop. Yeah. I know you guys can't see it, but he's got, he's got a half sleeve now. Um, I'm impressed, Todd. I'm impressed. It's for real, man. Especially underneath the arm up in there. It's like, it's some tender spots, man. Todd, I am not impressed. I, I was expecting both arms. <laughs> oh, that, there's Chad for you, man. Hey, 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 Todd, Todd, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, we can't wait to see you next time you're in Chicago land. Yeah, likewise. Love you, see friends. You, Love you, Parkview. Thanks for hanging out with us for another episode of Parkview on the Spot. Uh, Todd mentioned his photography. You can find all of that at eatart.org. Yeah, and if you're looking for something fun to do this Christmas season, we'd love to have you come join us for one of our Christmas services. We've got 25-plus services across three different campuses and online. So hopefully you can join us. You can find more information at christmasatparkview.com. Peace. Peace.